the world is a beautiful, amazing place. If you're big and you're on an airplane, it might be a, a rough six or seven hour flight across to Europe. But after you get there, it's going to be worth it. So just get out there and do it and don't be afraid. There's such an amazing world out there, and I want people to experience what I've gotten to experience. Cliff diving or going hiking, climbing mountains. I try to do a lot of adventurous things. I think that this little group of fat travelers that are out there are just the most, I mean, I just love the fat, chubby power that we've got going on out there. We just got to keep it up. You need to go out there and experience it and live it and you will have an amazing time and you won't even think about your size or your shape or your height or your color or anything because you're in the moment and you're living it. There's no better feeling in the world. Hi, my name is Kelly Edwards and this is Let's Go Together, a podcast from Travel and Leisure about the ways travel connects us and what happens when you don't let anything stop you from seeing the world. Today, I'm talking to three travelers who self-identify as fat or chubby. In our thin, obsessed culture, they know that moving through the world in a bigger body can sometimes draw stares and hurtful comments. On vacation, it can be uncomfortable, physically and emotionally. Whether it's squeezing in a cramped airline seat or realizing an attraction you've been looking forward to can't accommodate someone of your size. For some people... Weight is a mental barrier to even booking a trip in the first place. Seeing the world can feel like a thing you're going to do someday, when you're lighter, rather than a joy worth pursuing right now. But your weight, and other people's perceptions of it, shouldn't prevent you from following your dreams. That's why Jeff Jenkins provides travel tips on his site, Chubby Diaries, to show plus-sized people that any adventure is within their reach. And it's why Dean and Julie Couchet, a couple who quit their jobs to explore over 20 countries together, wrote all about it on their blog, Two Fat Americans. I wanted to learn more, so I called them up for a frank conversation about what it's like for them to travel as plus-sized people. I'm thrilled to introduce to you these three globetrotters. Their enthusiasm is contagious and will get you excited to plan your next trip. My name is Jeff Jenkins. I'm the founder of Chubby Diaries. Uh, We're an online platform that helps plus-size people travel the world. Uh, I was a former high school choir teacher, and then I started a nonprofit building water wells in Rwanda. Wow, that's incredible. And Julie and Dean, can you tell us about Two Fat Americans? My name is Julie Couchet. And I'm Dean Couchet. And we uh, decided that there was no better time in our lives a couple years ago to just quit our jobs and sell everything and travel the world and show people what it's like to travel as a fat person and enjoy yourself and not worry about the stigma and just enjoy ourselves and show people what it's really like. Awesome. I love that. Speaking of stigmas, when you guys came up with your name, Two Fat Americans, you said to us here at Travel and Leisure that... What comes with that is that, first of all, people already think Americans are fat people who just travel and only go to tourist spots and eat at tourist destinations. And you said you guys couldn't be further from that, aside from the fat part, which I thought that was funny that you guys, you know, put that in there. But what is the stigma and how do you guys combat that? I think the stigma is when an American goes overseas, they're just the large person that's wearing really bright clothing. And they're wearing sneakers and they're at the Eiffel Tower 
and they just have anything that you can think of cliche. They have a beret on and they're taking pictures and they're being loud and screaming and they're not taking in any of the culture. And I think that's one of the biggest things that we're trying to squash is just showing that being American, like, yes, we're large, but also we can definitely appreciate the culture. We can blend in a lot in many places. And it's just something that we wanted to show that not all Americans are uh, the typical loud, brash person that you think of when you're overseas. Great. That's awesome. Jeff, how do you combat the stigma of traveling as a post traveler? It's really just in the adventures that I take. I try to do things that any normal uh, straight-sized person would do. So that's me cliff diving or going hiking, climbing mountains. I try to do uh, a lot of adventurous things that you would just see like a lot of fit people trying to do. So what stuck out to me about both of your platforms and your experiences is that you guys have publicly talked about your experiences in Asia and what it's like to travel as a plus-size person there. Jeff, you spent time in Japan and you were compared to a sumo wrestler. Can you tell us about that experience and what it feels like, you know, to stick out? I'll let you start there. I stayed there for over four months. I started realizing like, man, you know what? That's a pretty good honor because even sumo wrestlers are looked at in some ways as gods and top of the line athletes. So I thought it was kind of cool after a while. That's great. I love how you put a positive spin on something that would normally be received in a very negative or uncomfortable way. Julian Dean, you also spoke about experiences that you had both in Cambodia and in Vietnam, just to quote what you guys said, it stuck out to me. And I was like, wow, I've definitely got to ask him about this. In Vietnam, we thought we'd gotten a lot of poking and pointing in Cambodia. We were like a circus act walking down the street. I'm paraphrasing the entire statement that you guys made, but can you tell us what it's like to experience that and, and how that made you feel? You know, it's interesting because, you know, reading it the way you just read it kind of made it seem like it was a negative experience. But when you're in the moment, it actually was not in a negative way. They were looking at us like, wow. And a couple people, in, especially when we were, you know, doing the temple tours in Cambodia, they came up to Dean and poked his belly. But it, it wasn't offensive when it was happening. It was like they had just never seen someone in person that was this large and so just different from what they're used to seeing every day. And so, it was different than if someone came up to us and did that here, we'd have a major problem. It would be negative. It would be offensive. But there it was almost, they were just amazed. And so we didn't perceive it as negative. It was just they were experiencing something that they had never experienced before. You touched on something that I love to get into. You said the difference between how you were treated there and if you were treated the same way here in the United States, it would be an issue. Can you share more about that feeling. And Dean, if you could also jump into that, just so I can get both of your perspectives with that. We're in Philadelphia now. And so when I would walk to work, a lot of the times I always hear, yo, big man, or hey, hey, big man, big guy. And that's just something that's how people are referring to me here. And it's not in a positive way. It's kind of, you know, hey, person that's not fitting the normal American look. 
you know, trying to get my attention. But in Cambodia, Vietnam, other places where people would come up to me, it was more of that look of amazement and the look of wonderment. I'm a big guy. I'm six foot four, lots of meat on these bones. When someone comes up to me that's maybe a shade over five feet and they weigh 105 pounds soaking wet, I probably look like a giant to them. And it's it's more of wonderment for them. It wasn't offensive in any way. Like they wanted to get pictures. I think we've all heard stories of when people go to China or we had it happen to us in India as well, where people would be like, oh, we want pictures with you, with the American people. And it was just something that was more in that vein. So it was a lot less offensive. It was just part of the culture shock for them, seeing such large people that were visiting them in their land. I'd like to just add a point too, you know, in regards to how fat people are stigmatized here in the United States. I'm sure many of us large people have had people make fun of us in high school and in college and growing up and you name the atmosphere we're made fun of because of our size. And so it was very interesting to take that negative feeling that you feel when people are making fun of you because of the way that you look and you've had that your entire life and then be stuck in this new environment with new people and a new language and have this complete 180 of a perspective I don't even know if I could describe it in a word. It was such an interesting feeling to have that same kind of thing happen, but just such a different perspective on it. I'm a young African-American woman and I traverse many different landscapes, primarily in the adventure travel space. And I know when I show up anywhere, you know, people often are shocked. If I'm mountaineering, if I'm at the base camp, they're like, what are you doing here? If I'm getting an airplane to fly, they're like, are you a flight attendant? Like, no, I'm the pilot. So I know what it's like to stick out in an environment for you guys, because you, you have a presence. What has that been like in these other countries in your travels? We do stick out. Just like you were just saying, I'm an African-American male and I am 350 pounds, period. When I go anywhere, people usually can notice me even when I walk in a room and I have a bright smile. So I like smiling. People are like, I love your smile as well. The one thing I was getting at was I get treated a lot of times like a celebrity almost anywhere I go. And I I can't tell if it's because of just the American culture part of it or my locks that I have where people usually are like mistaking me for somebody every time I'm in another country or something like that. So I can't tell if it's in a negative way, but I usually get a lot of positive reinforcement than negative. And maybe I just don't understand what they're saying sometimes because it's a foreign language to me. Julian Dean, you may have answered some of that already, but just in case not... Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is kind of what Dean had said earlier, which was kind of can relate to that because we would have people come up to us and want to take pictures with us. It happened a lot in India. And once one or two people see you taking a picture with someone, the floodgates open and everyone wants to come and take a picture with you. And it's all in fun and you can tell everyone's having a good time and you're part of that. It's a fun experience. It warms your heart. And you've made this person's night. They're amazed to see someone that looks like you. And that's kind of a cool feeling. As Julie, Dean, and Jeff have shared, it's not always a bad thing to stick out. But they also have some particular concerns as travelers of size. We'll talk more about that after the break. Stick with us. Hey, 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Kelly Edwards. Welcome back to Let's Go Together from Travel and Leisure. My guests Jeff Jenkins and Dean and Julie Couchet are plus-size travelers who love to experience new places and cultures. They want everyone to feel comfortable exploring the world. And they see posting about their journeys online as one way to help. You ha- are sharing that you've had positive experiences while traveling. Why do you think it's important for people to see travelers of all sizes and shapes having adventures like you guys's? And Jeff, let me start with you because I know you love to push your limits. Representation. Um, less than 10 years ago, I feel like the Black travel movement wasn't even a, a full thing till then. I, it wasn't until I saw other people like me traveling. It got me out there and traveling. And so when I saw that there wasn't plus size people out there traveling as much, that's where that initiative, that's where that like, you know what, people need to see more plus size people traveling so that they can see themselves as the reflection and want to go travel more. Julie and Dean? So I know for us, it has a lot to do also with not just plus size people, but other people that might not be as mobile or anything. Also feeling that they can get up and do stuff. One of the things that I always remember is when we went to Machu Picchu, we went there. There's a lot of walking in there. We didn't do the Inca Trail, but we took the bus to it and we walked up. And it seems like you see these pictures of all these young, fit people doing it. And it's like, wow, you know, that must be really hard to do that. And then when we actually got to the Machu Picchu, to the main lookout that you see in everyone's photos, it was relatively easy to do. We saw a lot of people that weren't able-bodied to do that. And we're like, wow, you know, that's something that I think that's really important to show not just plus size people that, you know, hey, you're plus size. Are you going to be huffing and puffing to get to Machu Picchu? Of course. But, you know, we saw an older lady that was using two canes for stability walking up it. There's just so many different people that are not as able-bodied as everyone that you see traveling. And I think for us, it was important to kind of get that word out there that, hey, just because you're not skinny or just because you might not fit the mold of a beautiful person or a fully able-bodied person that, you know, you can still go out there and you can see the world and you can have these adventures. Julie, I have a question specifically for you that I wanted to ask because you said attitudes towards body sizes vary across cultures. And as a woman, unfortunately, the first thing we are often judged off is our appearance. So how have your travel experiences impacted what you think about body image and beauty standards? It's really hard when you are scrolling through Instagram and all you see are gorgeous women with the perfect curves in their beautiful bikinis with the gorgeous water. And it's really hard not to want to look like that and be that. The main thing that traveling and broadcasting our message has taught me, you know, I kind of 
learned this as I went is that you really do have to love yourself. And once you do, you will see that in your photos that you're taking or the photos won't matter because you're looking at these gorgeous landscapes and it just doesn't matter. It might be intimidating to put on a bathing suit and run out into the water, but when you're standing on a white sandy beach of Aruba and the water is crystal clear, there's nothing that you'd rather do. And so once you're in it and you're taking pictures in it, there is just a feeling of happiness that comes over that all those pictures don't matter. And you are you and your happiness shines through more than those so-called perfect people do. Self-esteem is incredible and necessary to have it in our lives in a very positive way. So the fact that, you know, even though you scroll Instagram and you see these images that you have found your own beauty within yourself, within your experiences, and the fact that you found a way to be like, screw that, I'm still going to figure this out for myself is great. Is great. I'd like to add too that I think that really comes across when you're looking at Instagram. People can tell what pictures are from the people that really truly are having that great experience and loving themselves in that moment. And that process helped me have the attitude that I have because we had a lot of people contact us and that builds you up too. They're coming to us and saying, if you can do it, then I can do it. I was scared before I saw your photos and saw your experience and you're giving me the energy to want to try it. And I was scared and what are your tips? And so that energy and that feeling, it comes across in the photo for sure. Travel can require some extra preparation when you're plus size. I asked Dean, Julie, and Jeff to share their tips. So one of the big things that we learned is before you go traveling, you really need to make sure you bring all the clothes that you think you're going to need and plus some extras. Because for us, in most of the countries, there was no, oh no, I've, I've ripped my shorts, let me go buy another pair. That doesn't happen in some of the other countries. So making sure that you're really well prepared with clothes, with shoes, with socks, because you're not going to be able to uh, restock, especially someone of my size, because I have giant feet as well. So if you know, I ran through a few pairs of shoes when we were traveling the world, then a lot of places don't really sell big shoes as well. Just making sure that you're bringing backups of stuff. And it's kind of annoying because you do have to have a bigger suitcase and you can't travel with just to carry on, you know, everyone sees articles like that. And I'm like, wow, I can fit a few pairs of pants in a carry on and a few shirts, but that's not too much. On long haul flights, we always budget to buy the seat in between us if we can. When we flew to New Zealand, we bought their sky couch, which costs a little bit extra, but you get the full row to yourself and the seat kind of reclines up. So it turns into a very small couch, but it's something that's definitely worth it, worth the money. And it really helps with your comfort, especially on a, a 13, 14 hour flight, just knowing that there's not anyone stuck in between you as you're flying. Julie, did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I mean, Dean hit it right on the head. You got to bring your extra clothes. There were a few countries that we went to, like New Zealand and Australia had some clothes that we were able to fit in. But you also have to prepare for, you know, your, we packed for eight months for our trip. And so it's really difficult to, pack for that long of a trip, knowing that you're probably not going to be able to buy clothes anywhere that you go. Plus you're doing laundry in, you know, other countries that their washing machines and their dryers, if they have them, don't work the same as ours. And so lots of shrinkage happens there. And, you know, so you really just need to think ahead and know that 
you're probably going to need a bigger bag. You're going to need to pack some extra things for sure. And Jeff, you've written about the increased cost for flights or equipment. Can you give us some information on what you're speaking about with that? Of course. Uh, I did a, a whole blog post on will your airlines actually charge you extra for your seat? For the most part, a lot of the airlines, they do charge. There's one that does not, which is Southwest. I love that they have the customer size uh, policy where even if you purchase the ticket for the extra seat, you can get your money back. You can get reimbursed or you can go up to the ticket agent and ask them, is there an extra seat open? And they will allow you to be able to have your seat in the extra seat next to you. So I love that. And just even on the preparation side, when it comes down to being a plus size person, I, I think about how I have to condition my body just like anyone else uh, that goes out and goes places. Because a lot of times when you do travel, uh, you might actually walk way more than you would do if you're back at home. And so I, I really do try to do like small exercises and things just to prep my body to be able to go out there and explore. You're right. We definitely walk a ton when we are traveling. Uh, Jeff, can you give some examples of some of the exercises that you do to prep ahead of time to get ready for the treks? For me, well, it, it depends. So if it's just like regular travel and I'll just stick with like leisure travel, I go walking. Uh, me and my wife took uh, our grandmothers to Paris uh, last year. And so we made them do what we were doing in a sense uh, or stuff that we've done. So just getting out there daily. So we would do like five, 10 minute walks or five, 10 minute runs. Uh, we just continued to just increase it as the trip got closer. Um, I do a lot of cardio workouts. So any like bicycling or uh, jumping jacks and things like that. Julie and Dean, you guys love to go to places and eat the food. Like that's a part that you guys love to enjoy, especially since Dean is a chef. <laughs> I mean, you're a graduate of the Culinary Institute of America, correct? Yeah, and, and for me, it definitely comes um, more authentic food, something that we really love, and it helps me really hone my skills back here in the States whenever I'm cooking food from different countries to be able to say, oh, yeah, you know, I've, I've had paella where it first was invented in the salt marshes of Valencia. Like we've had it there. Julie is also a foodie. So how does that go into your platform? That's what it's all about. <laughs> how can you go to another country, another culture and not indulge in the food? I mean, you have to, it's the best part. I can't necessarily cook, but I can eat very well. What is you guys's dream food trip? I think for me, I mean, the best food that we had was throughout Thailand because it's, you know, you think in America like, oh, I'll have Thai food. It's pad Thai and summer roll, you know, it's a few ingredients. But when you actually look at Thailand from north to south, it's just completely different. And just how they prepare the food, the different levels of spice, the different kinds of spice. So I think if there was something that I would really love to do, it would be to find a nice, really old Thai grandmother that knows people and she can get us an in with a lot of the food stalls, the producers, the restaurants, and just someone that could be kind of our fixer and go through and give us an introduction and get us some of the real dishes that aren't just for tourists. I discovered mango sticky rice in Phuket and my life has forever been changed. 
the food really shapes the memories for us. And I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. And so to be able to travel the world and go and eat just the really local street markets, the street food, that's where the culture lives. And so that's like a dream for us. And we were able to do that a little bit and just even explore more of the world and its street food would be a dream. I'm not going to argue with that. I'm working on eating my way around the world and I can talk about food for hours. But I also wanted to hear more from Jeff. We're on the same page. He loves activities that get the adrenaline pumping and he wants people of all sizes to be able to join the fun. He builds the trips he organizes through Chubby Diaries as fat-friendly, epic adventures. Can you give us an example of adventures you like to take travelers on? Every activity that we do is accessible for a plus-size person. Even in Bali, being able to find the swings that actually can hold up to 400 pounds, that's like one of their staple like things to do. It's a ginormous swing that usually swings out into off of a cliff almost. You're usually looking out into uh, rice fields. And it's just a, a beautiful scene, and a lot of people do it. You can see a lot of people on Instagram. Anytime they go to Bali, you can see those pictures. Uh, we look for things like that. Like one thing that I'm getting ready to work on is a project uh, to wear harnesses and buckles for plus-size people so that they can go parachuting. Cars can come down on parachutes. And I was like, I know that we don't weigh the same amount as a car. So there's innovative ways that I feel like the travel industry could make things more accessible for plus-size people. Jeff's always had wanderlust. But since starting Chubby Diaries, he's heard from others who felt hampered by worries around their weight. For me, like going traveling and being adventurous, that was always in my DNA. But I found out that a lot of other people, they have these like, I'm not going to do this until I get to this certain weight. And a lot of it came down to traveling. I started doing surveys and, and research to find out why plus size people weren't traveling as much. And they would say like, yeah, I feel like I need to be this certain size before I get there. The thing is, you really don't. There's no reason to wait. Take it from these adventurers. It doesn't matter what size you are. If you want to hike a mountain, you can do it if you're small and fit and you can do it if you're large and fit. You know, it doesn't have to look a certain way. You need to go out there and experience it and live it and you will have an amazing time and you won't even think about your size or your shape or your height or your color, or anything, because you're in the moment, and you're living it, and it, there's no better feeling in the world. Just get out there, and do it, and don't be afraid. Just get out there. That's the main thing, but I also would just say, do your research. The more I've had to do my research, the more comfortable I felt uh, being in other places. A lot of attractions and places now have virtual tours, so you can even see inside of a place before you go. Airlines give out dimensions of their seats. There's such an amazing world out there, and I want people to experience what I've gotten to experience. I think that this little group of fat travelers that are out there are just the most, I mean, I just love the the fat, chubby power that we've got going on out there. We just got to keep it up. I had so much fun talking to Jeff, Julie, and Dean. In their travel pictures, you really can see how much fun they're having too. They just radiate excitement about exploring the world. So check them out online and get inspired. 
You can find Jeff Jenkins at chubbydiaries.com and Julian Dean Couchet at twofatamericans.com. That's all for this episode of Let's Go Together, a podcast by Travel and Leisure. I'm your host, Kelly Edwards. Thanks to our production team at Pod People, Rachel King, Eliza Lambert, Susie Armitage, Lena Beck-Sillison, and Cheryl Duvall. This show was recorded in Los Angeles, edited in New York City, and can be found wherever you get your podcasts. You can find out more at travelandleisure.com slash podcast. You can find Travel and Leisure on Instagram at Travel and Leisure, on Twitter at Travel Leisure, and on TikTok at Travel and Leisure Mag. And if you're looking for me, I'm Kelly Set Go Everywhere. And that's Kelly with two E's on the end.